Before we get into today's episode, we want to quickly tell you about another ESPN podcast, The Mina Kime Show featuring Lenny, where Mina talks all things football with her unique brand of humor and insight. With all the latest NFL news, make sure you're staying up to date with Mina and her friends who join each episode to talk about the biggest NFL storylines. Find the Mina Kime Show featuring Lenny wherever you get your podcast. Also, relive one of the greatest icons and most successful teams in sports history, Michael Jordan and the 1997-98 Chicago Bulls. Stream the Emmy and NAACP Image Award winning series, The Last Dance, on ESPN+. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to a brand new episode of DC and RC. I'm Daniel Cormier, former UFC two-division champion. Count them. That's two. And that's my guy, Ryan Clark, right there, former fantastic football player and analyst. But the reason I say it in that regard is because last week, RC, the Islam Makashev conversation somehow found its way onto my Instagram. And dare I say... The world was not very nice to my guy, R.C., in the responses. <laughs> what did you think about the vitriol that these people spewed at you? One guy, Yusuf, said, you think it's boring because you don't know about wrestling and grappling. You only care about striking, but guess what? This is MMA. Do you know how hard it is to advance in position specifically if you are with a great Gapplers. Hey, look at that. If you're with great gapplers, Ryan, <laughs> you know how hard it is to change position when the guy can't even spell how hard is it to change position in hey, that regard? First off, I'm glad he could spell Yusef because he couldn't spell grappler. He acted <laughs> like he submitted Derek Lewis or that he got Anthony Johnson out of there. I understand that people, I get it. This is MMA. But that was why before I answered your question, DC, I talked about how great Islam Makachev was in the fight, how dominant he was. And then you asked a simple question about entertainment. And I didn't feel like I was watching Maximus Aurelius in the great arena. I was not entertained. Ryan, it didn't stop there, though. Because here's my guy, Lynch. You don't know what you're talking about. Simple and to the point, RC. You have no idea what you're talking about is what Lynn said. Well, you know, you know what was so crazy uh, about my mentions, even about my DMs, is that like the people who practice jujitsu or some some guys who were truly wrestlers, after we had some of these conversations by the end, they were like, oh, you do know what you're talking about. Now <laughs> I see your point. But the problem is this, DC. I get on this show. Obviously, you are you're a two a two-division champ. You're a dude that's fought at the highest level. So if I disagree with you to the MMA world, I am wrong. But I had a few people hit me up and say, you know what, RC? You might be on to something. <laughs> but but let me say, let me tell you something, Ryan. I cannot believe you answer people in the comments. You got to stop doing that. But lastly, back off. World Child seriously said mixed martial arts that includes ground game. Go back to basketball. I never knew you were a basketball player, <laughs> Ryan. They say you make Stephen A. Smith look intelligent. Jeez, now back off. War Child was a bit stern with his response. <laughs> Hey, back off Warchild. He must not really truly want to ever fight because he had to make his name extremely tough. And if I'm being compared to Stephen A, I'm not tripping. I just want ESPN to start writing me some of them Stephen A checks. And I'll talk about basketball, badminton, lacrosse, anything you want me to bring up. I'm here for it. 
I mean, this is so crazy how it got a lot of traction, which is great, right? People were engaged mm -hmm. in the conversation. And honestly, Ryan, um, like I said, there is a section of fans that probably agree with you, even though that assessment of the fight was as far off as I ever have seen. But you know what? Hey, some people see it. Some people do it. It doesn't nope. really matter. Um, you, you, <laughs> you know watch what you watched, and, and, and it is what it is. No. Now you put and then you put your boy out there bad. I'm supposed to be your partner, your guy, <laughs> your friend. And because you have this relationship <sighs> with Islam, you go on TV and say, man, did y'all see RC said some crazy stuff last week? It actually wasn't that crazy. And the assessment of the fight well, made sense. I think that people like you who are great wrestlers excellent grapplers you 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 enjoy those transitions as do i like when we got to watch uh darren elkins and minner this week i enjoyed those transitions the submission attempts that wasn't what we got from islam and moises but you still want to be on the other side and i'm gonna let you so we could just move on with the show so i accept it dc <laughs> i was wrong <laughs> that's what i'm talking about that's what i've been waiting for it's simple all you gotta do is just take that big bite of humble pie, and then we're fine, Ryan. You're wrong, and now we can move forward into what's happening now in the world of mixed martial arts, RC. Well, you know what? You know what? We talked a little bit about our social medias and what people felt like about Islam Makachev and a little bit of trash talk going back and forth with us. But there was a trash talker who was once the best in the game. But now he's probably going a little bit too far. And that's Conor McGregor. Let's check out some of the things he said before UFC 264. If it's not calf kicks, it'll be something else. Takedowns or... Boxing that opens up cat. Yeah, getting walked like a court. dog in that octagon on Saturday night. Uh, I guess lastly for me, Dustin, I mean, this is obviously different. It was genuinely last time. It's getting kind of ugly again. Is this getting personal for you at this point? Nah, straight business, man. This is, uh... You're only a little <laughs> Your wife is your husband. And listen, after the fight, Khabib Nurmagomedov had some things to say about Dustin's win over Connor. Good always defeats evil, Khabib tweeted. Very happy for Dustin Poirier. I hope you will get the belt the end of the year. And here was Connor's response, which was tweeted and later deleted. COVID is good and father is evil? Question mark. Now, DC, I know you have a great relationship with Khabib. You know a lot about the relationship he shared with his father. How far is too far? And has Conor crossed the line that he can never come back from? You know, after the fight with Dustin Poirier, a lot of people questioned whether or not Conor McGregor was reaching to try to get into the head of Dustin mm -hmm. Poirier, reach back to a time where he had a trash talk that could affect people. It didn't seem to work against Poirier. And I feel like from him talking about Dustin's wife to now Habib's father, he is just taking it way too far. And when you're, when, when you're dealing with death and COVID and all these other things that we've dealt with over the last year and a half, that's all off limits. I mean, we talked about wives and families mm -hmm. being off limits, but when you're talking about a man's uh, everything, right? Habib's dad was his everything. And you're talking about him being gone today due to something that has been so terrible for our entire world. And you use that in a sense to get back... And you know what's probably most disturbing, R.C., is that 
This wasn't exactly. done the day after the fight or the same no, night of the fight. Exactly. This was done weeks after the fight. So it feels like it was thought mm-hmm. of and it was thought through for Connor to tweet something like that. Now I get shock value and I get trying to get people to talk, but way too far to the point that I immediately called Habib last night and said, hey, are you okay? Right? Asking him if he's right. okay after having to see that, especially with no ability to do anything about it again. Right? You know, he spoke to my kids yeah. at my wrestling program the other day and said that he was never happier than when he got to fight McGregor on the day because for so long he wanted to get his hands on Connor and beat Connor up. Mm-hmm. Well, he can't do that no more because he's not a prize fighter anymore. Right. So now he has to just kind of swallow that. So way too far, Ryan. And honestly, yeah. when Connor does stuff like that, it's hard to understand how there's still this 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 mass amount of people that support that type of behavior. Yeah, there were there. You know, we talked about it in in our first show together. How huge of a Conor McGregor fan I was, and it was some of the trash talk against you know the Jose Aldo's, the Diaz's that I loved because because it was witty, it was fun, it was quick. It wasn't about the personal; it was about the fighter. And so now to take it to where you're t- talking about Dustin Poirier's wife, and even further than that, speaking on Khabib's father, who Khabib's late father, who passed recently, and also dealing with COVID, something that's touched our entire world. And there probably are very few people in the world that haven't dealt with it personally, or, or that doesn't know someone that has. And so as somebody who, I'm just going to say it right now, as someone who was a former Conor McGregor fan, this is something to me he can never come back from. This isn't fun. This isn't sports. This is real life. And Conor McGregor has crossed that line. Yeah, you know, absolutely crossed the line. And, you know, I think when stuff like that is being said, I think it's a cry for help, right? Conor has all the money in the world. Mm. He has all the fame. But now when you start to dig at that level, it's like somebody needs to get to McGregor and help him, right? Start to kind of reshift his mind and his focus and get him back to a, a better place. And um, it's unfortunate. Now, Ryan, I don't know if you, you can tell, but before I had to switch my microphone, my mic just for some reason went dead on me. <laughs> so I know that we have to acknowledge yeah. that I have a different mic on as we go forward. And, you know, for as big of a star as Conor McGregor is and was and what he means to the sport, obviously the sport continues to move. And yesterday mm-hmm. we got great news that, Kobe Covington is going to get a rematch against Kamaru Usman in what was yep. one of the greatest fights in the welterweight division's history. These guys Man. were two and two going into round Crazy. five, and Usman got the finish. So my question to you is this. When you have a guy like Leon mm-hmm. Edwards, who has won all these fights in a row, and Kobe, who lost to Usman and then gets a title fight after one more win, what fight do you as a fan prefer to see? Do you prefer to see a guy that seems to warrant the shot or the guy that brings the story with him like Kobe Covington? Listen, I, I think I think we kind of underestimate how great the first fight was if we're just talking about somebody that brings a story, DC. This wasn't just a story. I rewatched the fight last night just because I wanted to see if I'd missed anything. Was Kobe Covington actually that accurate or, 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 or did, did the overhand rights affect Kamaru Usman? And is Kamaru Usman's chin made out of steel because he took some of those shots and just kept walking through it? Going into the fifth round, somebody I respect a ton. I think his name is like Daniel Cormier or something like that. He says, he says, he says it's 2-2. 
going into the fifth round. And he says out of his own mouth, a two division championship fighter says, and these are the two best welterweights in the world. Joe Rogan then replies, and the fifth round is going to decide that. When you have a fight that is that exciting, that was that competitive, also with the stories that built up to that night, this is something you have to run back. And don't get me wrong, Leon Edwards is deserving, right? Since the Kamaru, Kamaru Usman loss early on uh, in, in his career, he's been on a tear. He's been on a streak. He just beat... He just beat Nate Diaz, right, even though he got clipped in the fifth round. Like, we saw all of these things, but Kobe Covington deserves this opportunity. He deserves this chance because when you look at Kamaru Usman and his defenses or in his rise to, to gaining the welterweight belt, the, the fights haven't really been that competitive. He's truly dominating. You think about Gilbert Burns. Gilbert throws some shots early, but then he dominates him in the second round. Obviously, the knockout on Masvidal. This is the fight that people need to see, DC. And I understand you know the fighter perspective, but you can't tell me you aren't excited about Kobe Covington, Kamaru Usman, too. Well, right away, right? Right away, I got excited because I remember what the fight was. But I also remember... yes. Everything that surrounded the fight, right? How the crowd was mm -hmm. so separated. Either you love Kobe or you yep. hate Kobe. But you do pay attention mm -hmm. to Kobe Covington. One way or the other, you, you pay attention. And it felt like Kamara Usman was fighting for a section of fans that wanted to put Kobe Covington uh, in his place, right? Kobe Covington 100%. is a guy Absolutely. that is very vocal with his, his opinions. And it felt like Usman mm -hmm. was fighting for the right to put him in his place. But, bro... So competitive, so close, and I'm speaking from experience, speaking from talking to Kamaru Usman, speaking from knowing Kobe Covington since he was a guy in college when he was choosing what school mm -hmm. he wanted to go to, Oklahoma State, Oregon State, or any other college in the country, knowing that those guys are ultimate competitors, and Usman himself understands right. that this is his toughest fight. He knows that for so as I much as you dislike Kobe Covington, you have to respect him because he's such a dog, RC. Yes. Absolutely. And so, DC, in, in preparing to talk about UFC 264, I met uh, Mick Maynard, right, who's, who's one of the UFC matchmakers. And he was talking to me about the stylistic matchups in fights. And that sometimes if you get two great, if you get two, you know, black belt uh, jiu-jitsu guys, that you might get a, a stand-up in the octagon. And we watched Kobe Covington and Kamaru Usman, two guys who are excellent gra grapplers and wrestlers, stand toe-to-toe -to -toe in the pocket and strike from their feet. And that's what was so exciting about the fight. That's why it was so back and forth. But it did seem that Kobe's Kobe's strikes didn't have the exact same effect on Kamaru Usman. Some of the, the front kicks to the body, some of the uppercuts to the body, the, the, the straight right that landed and eventually broke his jaw. Coming into this fight, do you think that, 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 that the wrestling plays a huger role or a bigger role in this fight? Or we get the same type of exciting stand-up matchup we got in Kobe, in, uh, Kobe Covington, Kamaru Usman won? So I think the issue was for Covington, he couldn't take Usman down in the way that he thought he would, but he also couldn't mm -hmm. use his cardio as a weapon, right? One thing that Covington does really, really well, and we've seen this on a number of different occasions, is he uses his cardio as a weapon because he can go harder than most people. By the time that he starts to fatigue, guys are completely wiped out. They can't even stand, so he just kind of wears them down He's like an avalanche going downhill. But Usman was able to stand up to that. 
not only was he able to stand up to that and withstand it, he was actually able to take it a step further. And that is what I think happened mm -hmm. to Kobe. That's why Kobe didn't wrestle as much as the fight went longer because he saw that Usman wasn't going anywhere. Kamar Usman today is also right. a better fighter than he was back when they fought in 2018, mm -hmm. 2019. I, I'm not sure if it was 18 or 19. But whenever they fought, he's better today. And it's shown in his performances over Gilbert Burns, over Jorge Masvidal twice, right. right? It's showing that Usman is still improving. I think a lot of that is a credit to his work with Trevor Whitman. It's going to be a fantastic fight. It's going to headline what could be Madison Square Garden in New York City, which is always a phenomenal card to, uh, to, to headline. I mean, the, the heavyweight championship of the world, yeah. Muhammad Ali, Joe Frazier, everybody fought in Madison Square Garden. Huge, big time so when fights. You get that honor, Absolutely. It just means a little bit more. And I know that that's not lost on uh, Kamaru Usman or Kobe Covington. I cannot wait for those guys to get locked inside the octagon. But RC, passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers. Roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. RC, we have been lucky to have Manscaped on board with us from the start. But last weekend, we saw the mm -hmm. return of the Viper. T.J. Dillashaw, and yep. look, man, recaps have been done to death to this point. But for me, it's about what's next. Because when a former king, right. a guy that ruled the division, makes his return, it's big news. It's on the tip of everybody's tongue. So after what T.J. Dillashaw did to the number two ranked bantamweight in the world in Corey Sanhagen, very competitive fight. What do you want to see from the former champion? Because for me, he showed toughness, durability. He showed that he's still the same T.J. Dillashaw from before the suspension. So when he wins a fight like that, after a two-year suspension, what's next for the former champion, TJ Dillashaw? Well, to, to me, DC, I think TJ Dillashaw is waiting for the Peter Yan, Aljo Sterling winner to get his shot at the title. I felt like the reason you put a, a TJ Dillashaw from his two years, uh, fresh off a two-year suspension against a guy, suspension against a guy like Corey Sanhagen is because you want to see where he is. You understand that he's getting a little long in the tooth. He may not have a ton of fights left, but you get the excitement that he brings. And he brought that excitement against Corey Sanhagen, right? He comes out, he gets his knee injured in the first round. He fights through that. A nasty gash on his eye. He continues to fight through that. He controls the octagon. He walks Corey Sanhagen down the entire fight. Even the eagle comes out and says, 
says, hey, we need to see Peter Jan, TJ Dillashaw for the belt. But Peter Jan has to win the belt first. He has to go out and recapture it from all Joe Sterling. We all know about the legal knee that took his belt away from him. But if Peter Jan or Aljo Sterling win that fight, whoever's the champion, I believe they face TJ Dillashaw next. And that's going to be a hell of a fight for all of us. It's going to be a fantastic fight. And honestly, I don't want anything other than that for TJ Dillashaw. He showed last weekend that he's still the very elite of the elite. And that's why you see it in the Bantamweight rankings. He's the number two ranked Bantamweight in the world only behind Fyodor Jan. And I got to be honest with you. If Aljamain Sterling wasn't the champion due to that illegal knee, TJ Dillashaw would not have entered the mm -hmm. rankings at number two. He would have gone right back to number one. If Fyodor Jan would have continued that fight and won in the way that it was trending... DC, you think, you think that's the fight he right gets first? In. No, I'm saying that if he would have After beating won Corey. the fight, right? Because Fyodor Jan was beating Aljamain Sterling. Fyodor Jan was right. beating Aljamain right. Sterling. He seemed to be on his way to winning that fight, right? Then that would be a little more clarity in the division. T.J. Dillashaw beats a Corey right. Sanhagen. He would have went right to number I one. I got you. He wouldn't be ranked number two. That makes right? sense. So he would be the number one ranked bantamweight in the world, and he would be in line for the title shot against the champ, Piotr Jan. But those guys have been scheduled again, finally, right? They're rescheduled to fight down in Abu Dhabi. It's going to give us an idea of what is next for the champion, T.J. Dillashaw. But listen, T.J. Dillashaw had a ton of injuries going into the fight. He yep. spoke about his knees. He spoke about not sparring. He spoke about having to deal with so much as he went back into the fight that after the fight, dude's got to have surgery. So it almost works yeah. in terms of a timeline that Aljo and Piotr will fight at the end of October, and then TJ will have his surgery very soon. I think this week at some point, mm -hmm. get on the recovery. When the winner of that fight is ready to go next, TJ Dillashaw will be waiting healthy, but I'm telling you, after last weekend, I told everybody going into the fight, if TJ looked like a shell of himself, RC, people would attribute everything right. he it's did over. in the past to the PDs. But he didn't. Yeah. He looked exactly the same. So TJ Dillashaw is an absolute dog. And guess what, RC? Dude is just really, really good at fighting. He's just really he good really at fighting. Is. He really is. He really is, man. And then the the thing that was exciting for me, DC, I know we don't I know we don't want to talk a lot about what happened in recap was him having to face adversity, having to face adversity against someone as as, as clean as Corey Sanhagen in is in, in his skill, in his footwork, in his striking and fighting through that, whether it was the early knee injury or it was the cut on his eye or going into the fifth round and what could have seemingly been a 2-2 fight. TJ Dillashaw did everything he needed to do to get that win. And Corey Sanhagen said it himself after the fight. I didn't do enough. So now it's time to see if TJ Dillashaw can continue that in the winner when he faces the winner of Sterling Yan, because that's something that we need to see. And that's the only reason you even fight back to be a part of the UFC again if you're TJ Dillashaw. It's about championships.